Before we get to this week's podcast, I want to tell you about Digiday Plus, our premium membership product, which gets you the Digiday magazine and a steady stream of exclusive research about the industry. You'll get to be a part of our Digiday Plus Slack channel and invites to exclusive member events. We recently did a live podcast event with Lindsay Nelson, CMO of Vox Media, and we're doing more of those. Our next event is in January with Bleacher Report. If you're a member, please join us. And if you're not, please sign up. It's only $395 a year. And for our podcast listeners, that's you. We have a discount. Enter the code PODCAST at checkout and get 10% off. To learn more, go to digiday.com and you'll see the Digiday Plus tab on top. This is Digiday Live, our podcast where we bring you the best sessions from many summits around the world. I'm Digiday producer Aditi Sangul, and this week we're bringing you three sessions from the Digiday Marketing Summit we held recently in Nassau, Bahamas. In our last episode from the summit, here's Corinne Munson, Director of Communications and Digital at Moet Hennessy. She will discuss embracing digital while keeping traditional. So what I'm going to talk about today is our brand, Shandon, and I work for, and you'll see in a minute, multiple brands, but um, Shandon is uh, definitely the most uh, relevant uh, for Digiday. And um, we're going to talk about how we're converging some of our digital, and one in particular, programs with conventional marketing tactics. So we have to start out with, first, who are we? So Shandon is a part of Moet Hennessy, and Moet Hennessy is the wine and spirits division of LVMH. So I work across multiple brands, but as I said, today's all about Chandon. And Chandon is a vibrant, fresh, colorful, fun brand. We are born French, and we are raised in California. This is important. And we are a sparkling wine house, also important in terms of my marketing and messaging and my challenges that I have to get out there because you guys all read Moet Hennessy, and what did you think immediately? Champagne, right? And we're not a Me Too champagne. Uh, we are a sparkling wine, and we are very proud of our California heritage. And, and being from Napa is nothing to be ashamed of. Napa has a great reputation and a quality reputation. But so we are a sparkling wine house. We are founded in Napa by Moet and Chandon. And let me talk just one second, I think, for anybody who is in sales. I, uh, and I was really taken by the um, the presentation that the lady from Johnson & Johnson did, and she was talking about, we have a digital center of excellence, and this is, this is for the salespeople, and this is about what is your way in, because there are multiple ways in people, but what I want to say, and what I was talking about the lady um, from Johnson & Johnson, is that fundamentally budgets and decisions at my company and Johnson & Johnson and a lot of companies like ours sit at the brand team level. Okay, so, and we, and what, one, one of the awesome things is, and I was talking about the, with the guy from Social Native about it too, is we have a lot of freedom at Moat Hennessy, and it seems like also at Johnson Johnson, but, so when you hear that there's a digital director, that lady who, who works at Johnson & Johnson, she's kind of like a center of excellence, and she's helping on projects and advising, but the brand teams are the ones that are making the decisions and deciding to run a campaign and what to fund. So yes, if you want to do business with Moet Hennessy or with Shandon, I'm going to tell you there's three ways to get in. There's Havas, our media buying agency. Okay, Jessica Klein. 
by the way, for Moet, <laughs> represents Moet Hennessy. But so there's Havas, our media buying agency. There is our digital center of excellence, but they may or may not be advising us on a campaign. And then there's the brand which I am. So just, just be cognizant of that. I'm very respectful. A bunch of you guys want to talk and want to do business, and I just wanted to let you know there's more than one way to get in, and I think that's important. But let's go back to Shandon and who we are. Okay. Now, another thing, and I spoke at the big data conference, and I was shocked to be invited because our route to market is legally mandated in this way that would mortify almost all of you in the room because the amount of data that we don't have is colossal. And I'm not making any excuses, I'm just trying to tell you why we're so good at things like experiential and POSM, because we have to be, right? We can't um, drive to purchase, so we're a regulated product, we're alcohol. We cannot, even though we're all about millennial females, in the case of Shandon, and we made that decision, there's been a lot of discussion of that here um, during the past couple days, we made the decision six years, to, six years ago to go after millennial females, and that was it. We're hell-bent on millennial females. Sorry, all the rest of you guys, sorry you're out. But um, we don't market to consumers under the age of 25. That is a responsibility thing in our industry. So are we on Snapchat? No. Will we ever be on Snapchat? Probably not. Or by the time that we get on Snapchat, it'll be the Facebook. <laughs> you know, uh, we don't, the consumers there are too young. Uh, we, don't, we don't sell direct. Like I said, it's legally mandated. We're an importer. We have to sell to a distributor that sells to a wine shop or a retailer. And then, God forbid, my situation's even worse than Johnson & Johnson because at least they usually have IRI and scan data because of the places that they're sold, only about 50% of my product gets sold in a place where scan data applies. So I'm, I'm really out there, which I guess is kind of nice because sometimes we get to do what we want. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so, you know, the last time I spoke with Digiday, it was a big data conference, and I said, the funny part is, we don't have any big data for all of the reasons that I just outlined before. But doesn't mean that you cannot co-opt someone else's big data. So anecdotally, or not anecdotally, in, we knew, but it's very scary to be a brand team. You get too close to your brand, right? We knew that there was a lot of confusion with sparkling wine, champagne, are we a Me Too, are we a Prosecco, all kinds of things, and it's a problem for us. Uh, so we went to Google, and we said, Google, we, we got big data from do Google. We said, what are the issues? What are people searching for? And people were searching for, what is Prosecco? What is champagne? Uh, how do you open a bottle? How long does it last? How do you make sparkling cocktails? So we took the top 10 things that people were looking for on Google, and we created a campaign uh, with um, one of our brand ambassadors. It's the designer, Rebecca Minkoff and featuring, I told you, and I'm really blessed to have a female millennial winemaker also on a brand that's, and that was not by design. She was there for 11 years working her way up, okay? Uh, but so we created a video series for Shandon based on what Google told us people were asking for, and it's certainly an educational component to that. It's fun. It's trying to address the fact that what is sparkling wine? How are we different? We're from a different place where you see the cork, and if you didn't hear the part that we're from California, Rebecca Minkoff screamed it at you, right? So we are proud, we are California, we are fresh, we are not a, a Me Too champagne. Okay, so I told you that we collaborated with Google, we um, determined 
that our opportunity is for edutainment. And I can tell you that's the buzzword in my brand team right now for, Shan for Shandon, and uh, edutainment. And we, you know, again, one of the huge things was differentiating between Prosecco and Champagne, how to open a bottle, does champagne go bad, and how to mix um, champagne cocktails. Right? And we're not champagne, but we're sparkling, and we're going to get right in there. And so just to let you know that, of course, the how-to ones, because people love how-to, ended up performing the best. How to mix sparkling cocktails, how to open a bottle. Those were our biggest performers. But uh, so you know, we, we created this, this program, and you know, everything that we did, all of the reports, were outperforming here, were outperforming there. One of the things is I also do, and I promised you that we'd get there, tons of traditional marketing, events, PR. I was thinking, I was like, oh, Sotheby's, when, you're, when, you, when you get that technology, you got to push it out to the real estate sections and you got to push it out to your own luxury magazine that just covered us recently, so can't stop. And I like the, the lady from, um, what was it, Vow to be Chic, you know, whatever. She was, she was pushing every angle and, you know, getting, getting the PR as well, which I love. Um, but so, uh, okay. So my team has this set of videos. They're very proud of it. Uh, got some nice uh, press coverage. It's outperforming and everything like that. It's going to have a shelf life because we are going to have another brand ambassador and we're going to do more videos. So they come to me. They're all excited. And we've done a great job with the videos. But it's like, we want more. We want to maximize this investment. We want to you know, pull it in. What else can we do with these videos? Well, actually, maybe it was a little bit the other way around. but. Okay, and I love the funny word, you know, experiential. You know, we've all been doing events for a long time, but you know, now we say experiential. So I took this program, and, and, and one of the things that I'm trying to say is if, if you're on the brand side, oh, she's there, by the way, hi. Um, uh, but one of the things I'm trying to say is if you have a brand team, don't do your digital stuff. I mean, I'm lucky because I'm director of comms and digital across many brands. So I'm kind of making those decisions and finding out what's going on and pushing things through the umbrella, right? But there's no reason why you don't challenge and say, use your digital content. How else can these videos, what other purposes can they play? How do we get the maximum ROI in our investment? And I thought these videos were a great excuse to do an event called Bubbly Boot Camp, okay? Where it's like, where everything you wanted to know, you're confused, I'm targeting millennial females in the trade and the press. Are you confused, millennial females, about how to open a bottle? Um, what's Prosecco? What's, what's, the difference? what's the difference in the method that makes this cost more, and why is it better? We're gonna have a night where I bring all the concepts of all five videos to life, hosted by Pauline and myself. So that's exactly what we did. The Today Show came, the Food Network, People Style Watch, Food and Wine, and we made it real. So there's the invitation. And by the way, let people bring a guest. Whenever you're doing this stuff, you want a good return on your invitation, let people bring someone. They're not going to cancel, first of all, and then they get to spend quality time with a coworker or a friend or a bestie, and it makes the experience so much better. But so there's Pauline. We did food and wine pairing. We literally got everybody up to open, to open bottles. We got them mixing sparkling cocktails. So that was a really fun evening. But here's an example of using a digital video series. And of course, we screened all five videos. It was like a classroom. A really fun classroom, but we, we, we got hardcore old-fashioned events, or experiential as you want to say. And then here's another example of something else. 
And I liked that Digiday said that they are going, um, or that they do do, you know, brought up the fact that they do print. So I found this technology. It's uh, by AmeriChip, and I have two there. They're super cool if you want to take a look. But so I took the videos and used this AmeriChip technology, which is super cool. It's a brochure that has a little screen that streams these videos. And instead of sending out a traditional press release, which is pretty much dead anyway, don't do that ever, uh, but made a video press kit. So it's weird, you know, of course we could be sending a link to people uh, and having them experience the videos maybe, but that's a really traditional way of sending a video, right? You may or may not click, you may or may not trust that link, but if you're opening a physical brochure and my videos start playing, that's just breaking, you know, being different, breaking the expected pattern, right? So, um, and then there's text there, but bewildered by bubbles, would you like a sample, whatever. But my PR agency is thrilled with this. They're sending uh, 400, and, and by the way, cost, like, it's a, you know, always look at things. If you love it, it wasn't that much more expensive than doing a traditional brochure. So, so here are two examples of you know, our digital campaign, our, our video were rolling, we couldn't maximize it, we couldn't invest enough against it, all of the metrics were coming back, that everything was over, overperforming. But again, how do you take some, an asset that you already have, turn it into a press and trade event, turn it into a physical mailer? So, uh, so that's uh, two things that we did, and again, you know, when you're talking to the brand team and there's a brand manager and it's their project, they're fully invested in it, they're doing the PowerPoint at the end, right, where they're presenting it to their boss and saying what was the return, what, what were the elements of this, uh, with, you know, uh, of this program. And the fact that you can take things like the, the videos and show that you wove them in efficiently into a market, and it didn't cost you any more, favorite, favorite, well, I mean, this did, this part did, but I was going to be doing events anyway. I was going to be doing holiday mailers for the press anyway. So I guess the point is, and then we all know that when something is cohesive, and also we all know the whole rule of advertising, you have to hear it three times. So it's not bad that a, me a media person, someone in the press, may or may not have been served these, these ads on, you know, just served these ads on, on, on uh, their computer, but, you know, I'm, and then I'm going out and getting coverage of this campaign. Hopefully, you know, we all know that it takes um, so many touch points to get our point across. And so um, this, this is landing right now, and it's, you know, I'm getting a lot of emails, oh, that was just so much fun. Or I already know about Shandon, but I didn't know that Pauline had such a great sense of humor. So I'm already starting to hear that it's um, being picked up, but I guess the point is going back where, and it started happening, I can tell you, three years ago, I've been with the Shandon brand for six. Three years ago, the shift happened where all of my money, because I used to be completely on the traditional side, started, I mean, they're like, oh, you're also really good at your job, you get great, you know, earned media, whatever, so we can take it here, because everyone just started allocating towards digital heavily. And I had to start, the first year or two, I didn't really realize it, then I had to start fighting for my budget to hold on, because I was like, I see this being a slippery slope uh, uh, for some of my, you know, my PR agency and things like that. 
But I guess the point is any time that you can have consistency, that you can use a tool multiple ways, it's always, always a good thing, and your brand team and your boss are going to love you. It's just economies, right? Another thing, when, when you're talking about doing the photo shoot and, you know, knocking it out for social and for ads and, you know, in one day, it's just a, it's just a question of being efficient. So, and I think that for the first couple years, digital was in a bubble and was just doing their thing, and we were also, we didn't have confidence at Moat Hennessy, so we were really, really being led by our agency, and we just kind of let them, you know, go, especially if it's like, oh, you're 27 and you have a tattoo, you must know, go, go, dude. Uh, um, but now I think we're doing a really good job. We are the keepers of our brand, we understand it, and um, I think we're doing a really good job of reining it in, bringing it so much closer to brand, being the arbiters of what goes out socially, digitally, paid, organically, and you know, in print and everything like that. So it's just cohesive. But anyway, so these were just a few examples. I guess the point is, is and, and to be completely honest, they were more generated by me. I could tell the excitement by my team and by my boss about the videos and that they had put a, um, a substantial investment in. And so that's what made me step back and think, how else can I use them throughout our programming? And so, again, these are just two small examples, but I just think it's a, it's a great thing to do. And, you know, again, push it out to your PR people. It may or may not be a ca campaign that is worthy of, of PRing. I mean, everything, you touch it, you're excited, you're like, woohoo, yeah, this is, this is super hot. But hopefully your, your, your comms people and your PR people have enough, you know, knowledge that they'll say, yeah, there's an angle here and we can get coverage. I mean, that's how I first met Digiday. Years and years ago, I pitched them something. They liked it. They called. They asked for a quote. And then I kept sending them stuff like this. Because, and, and, and so that's how we're here today. So I guess the point is, is just don't think of your digital campaigns and your digital content in a bubble. Please share it across the, uh, the brand, marketing teams, uh, for, for all kinds of reasons. You know, it's efficient, it's smart, it's consistent, it's cost-saving, and we're all too busy uh, to recreate the wheel each time. And there should be a very, very, um, there should be a, a real balance and your brand should be cohesive in everything that you do, even events, even printed materials. All right, so I think that's it. Cheers, everyone. Thanks for listening. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. This was our last summit in 2017. If you'd like to be a part of our events in 2018, please visit digiday.com events and learn more.